Welcome to Reboot and Rewind, a podcast in which we talk about our favorite movies and TV shows and the reboots that are bound to happen. I'm Ty. And I'm Rachel. And let's rewind back to 2012 and watch The Hunger Games. What you talking about, what? You got it, dude. You little nasty. Rachel, how's it going? It's going good. Um, it's Easter Sunday. Yes, it is. Happy <laughs> Easter! Doesn't mean anything to me because I didn't do anything special this weekend. Yeah. Uh, my whole family, and I hope they're listening, <laughs> went to the beach without me. So disrespect. They're having a great Easter. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's. I like that it's sunny today. It was it was torrential downpour yesterday, like t- to the point where it gets scary. Um, so it was terrible weather yesterday, but it's actually almost like, you know, not to get, it's like symbolic, right? Cause it's like spring, spring and Easter is about like rebirth. So the rain came down and the earth is, uh, is reborn. <laughs> I love that analogy. <laughs> um, but it's a great day. And so I, I love that we're doing this. I got my window open. I got my candle burning. Um, it's, I couldn't you know having a good time i i watched uh rupaul's drag race this morning so totally good day how are you doing um uh, have four weeks tomorrow will be four weeks until i present for my paper um i graduate in what 32 days and tomorrow's my dad's birthday happy birthday yes yes well is he a listener I doubt it. Oh. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> um, he talks to me about it, but I don't think he listens. Um, gotcha. It's—I mean, you know—he probably he might not be familiar with the show. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, he yeah he his birthday is tomorrow, and I am tired, and I can't wait until this ordeal is over. <laughs> I mean, it seems still so dramatic, but you know. I'm ready to graduate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're almost there. How is your class going, Rachel? Oh, I have. I mean, I, I feel like I talked about a lot a lot last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have no new updates. No new but, updates. You know, still yeah. working on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I am super excited to get into this, though. So uh, I think we should go ahead and bring our guest in um so this is a friend of the pod um and a friend of me (laughs) (laughs) Um, since high school we've been friends since high school and i was just saying before this i was like it's it's worlds collide because ty is my friend from college era and christine is my friend from high school era so it's two different eras of my life converging so i think christine and i have been friends for uh, i haven't said your name yet but there it is i've been friends for like 10 years or something at this point so long time um friend but was a uh ran a hunger games blog um in <laughs> so an actual expert we had to call in uh for the for the podcast but i'll go ahead and bring her in so this is christina swafford uh, hello how are you doing today hello happy to be here um i'm good i'm a little under the weather i've been sick uh, coming up on one week now. I spent Ooh. half the week laying down on my couch with my cats. 
um, but I'm on the mend. Um, I had to push through because I am a Hunger Games fan through and through, and nothing can stop me from talking about the Hunger Games. So I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm so happy to have a guest. I miss our guests. You know, we haven't had them in a really long time. It's fun to talk about with Rachel, but I also talk to Rachel about these things all the time. So it's great to have someone here. And also, um, Christina is a big Tumblr fan. So I get to like, we get to like talk about Tumblr a little bit right now. And I cannot wait. But before we can talk about Tumblr and all the things that, you know, made this fandom what it is, we got to introduce the show first. So... Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about the movie we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as as the person with the most expertise, I'll go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about this franchise. <laughs> um, based on the trilogy by Suzanne Collins, The Hunger Games, the first movie, premiered in 2012, and it was followed by Catching Fire and Mockingjay, uh, which was split into two movies. So there's four movies total. Um, the story revolves around hero Katniss Everdeen, as she survives the annual Hunger Games hosted by the dystopian society of Pan M. I hope I said that right, Pan M. Mm-hmm. Um, the series follows her and her allies as they eventually form a revolution to put a stop to these games and overthrow their totalitarian regime. And I guess, you know, uh, I shouldn't just lump all her allies in together, right? As you got Peta Malark. Mm-hmm. End of list. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, um, but I know, like, I, I think I have the, mo- the least interesting uh, general opinion of the series. And so I actually want to start with our guest. Uh, so can you just tell us about your just like general opinion of the Hunger Games experience, of what your original experience with this movie series was like? Um, I am a big fan of the Hunger Games as a whole. I read all three of the books, like, I think a couple days after the first trailer got release and I read them all within three days um like back to back um I I'm just generally a fan of like apocalyptic stories and so this like really kind of hit that nail on the head for me um and it was post Harry Potter so I needed something to fill that void Hunger Games swooped in at the right time and I fell in love with the story I think it does have some problems I think Mockingjay being the biggest one for me <laughs> specifically. Um, but I think the entire movie series, I think, did a really good job of sticking true to the books. And I think that's why it um, is so well loved by the people that are fans of the Hunger Games series. Same thing with Christina. Um, I I was a later adopter. So like with Twilight, like I was like, I read the books when it first came out. I was addicted, but like for Hunger Games, it definitely was when the movie started coming out. And also, um, Twilight was also like Breaking Breaking Dawn. Just you know, they came out in the same year, like the first book in the last movie. So I was like, yeah, I need something new. Um, one of my friends in high school read it when it first came out, like a long time ago, and she really liked it. And so I like you know, as any other nerd in high school (laughs) I you know dived in and I read it um my general opinion is kind of like which which I can get into a little bit there was no reason for Mockingjay to be part one and part two I think they did that as a cash grab and it actually made the movie the already the worst book of this series even worse um 
I really like, so when I was reading about the books, like when I was doing my research and Susan Collins came from like a playwriting thing. So like all of them have a three act structure and all that stuff. So I thought that was really cool. And also going into like why she named people certain things, like learning about Katniss and like the subgroup of the flower Katniss is a reference to Sagittarius, which is, you know, he who throws an arrow and she has arrows. So I thought that was really cool. And also the book, at least the first one, was based on like Theseus and the Minotaur. And I've been really into my in my Percy Jackson bag. And so I was like, I know this story. Um so yeah, so it's just been like it's really like really interesting how she got all these things to make this like cool um like world. Cause I definitely think this is like the children's version of the handmaid's tale <laughs> oh <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know well just simply in its like dystopian nature i think so too in the, the totalitarian effort but i think it's just because i was a child so i read this one first and then i read the handmaid's tale once mm-hmm. that show came out but i do see them similarly in my brain with dystopias because other dystopias like the maze runner is very much more fantastical <laughs> whereas like or i am number four or any of the other ones where it's like hammings hill and hunger games i can see happening you know i think with hunger games it has more technology mm-hmm. but yeah so i and also yeah yeah i mean it, education it, the classes very similar yeah very yeah i can see the similar vibe um i like it's it's it, it's interesting to hear like how different we are because i i watched the movies before i read the books i even then it took me a while to read the books afterwards so the movies were my first experience and i don't even think i saw them in theaters um the first time i think i saw like hungry games when it came out on netflix like back when netflix was like the dvd service i like oh, yeah. it. um but i i uh, so like uh, when we have that conversation like books versus movies i i think like we'll have very different opinions because uh the movie was my first experience with it so i compared the book to the movie rather than the movie to the book um did y'all did y'all see it in theaters when it came out i saw the first one in theaters i went to all four midnight premieres of the hungry games movies i dressed up for the first one so (laughs) what is it effie trinket Trinket. yeah effie trinket great character is katniss so we were like a little duo on the way so (laughs) okay cool and so like so you had read the books before you said right mm-hmm. when it came out so like to have that conversation because like i think every time like a book is turned into a movie i think that has to be part of the conversation is like what was what were the things you noticed in the movie that maybe like were missing or like the huge major difference in the books like how did you think the movie lived up to what the book built i think it did a really good job i think when I think about things that are missing, they're very specific parts of the story. Like Madge, the mayor's daughter, like she yes. was erased completely. Yes. I didn't even you know, know she was, was just character. like, a, she's Say the it. one who originally gave Katniss the Mockingjay pen. And mm. um, it just gave you a little glimpse into District 12's life a little bit mm. more that we don't see that in the movies i think a lot of the district stuff is like washed over like they really mm-hmm. just throw district 13 at you very quickly when yeah. there's like a subtle build to it in the books so i've always wondered as someone who didn't read the books how did that even feel to them because i knew it was coming um 
I think uh, there was some stuff in the arena that I I still remember to this day sitting in the Steak and Shake restaurant before the first Hunger Games movies, like with my friend Midnight Premiere. The number one thing I wanted from those books was the last like final battle in the first Hunger Games arena when they bring in like the wolves and they mm-hmm. have the eyes of yes. the tributes that had died. Yes. And I thought that was bone chilling because it really just shows how the game makers in the capital just did not mm-hmm. care about these kids. And I think that part gets a little watered down for the audience. The gruesomeness. Like, I'm not saying that we needed to see it, but we needed to see it. Like, we had to show that, like, the games were bad. And not just because of the murdering people. Like, Peter lost his leg. Why oh did he not let yes. Peter lose his leg? Peter lost like, his leg in the book? Yes. Yeah, he had to get his leg amputated because mm-hmm. the infection. And that... It was gone. And Katniss is deaf in one ear, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do remember the hearing loss being left out. And mm-hmm. re-watching the first one, I'm like, she didn't suffer enough. And that sounds real bad and out of context. But, like, in the first book, the first, like, four or five days, that girl was about to die. She was dehydrated. She wasn't eating because she couldn't find any flowing water. Like, and then that's how you knew that she had this, like, understanding of Hamish because she begged and pleaded for Hamish to give her water but he didn't give it to her because he, because he knew that she was close to the water and so she knew she was like oh, I just gotta keep on going he knows that I'm close he knows that I'm close and that's like her like rationale but I guess because you can't be in her brain you can't see that like her th- thinking process but when she found water on day one in that little montage I was like, no, she needs to be dehydrated. Yeah. That showed that the gays were, you know, not just about the murdering. Like, these kids are surviving. Like, they quoted, like, most people are going to die from yeah. the elements. But mm-hmm. then they didn't really show them dying from the elements. Yeah, they did say that in the movie. She said, like, most of you are going to die. And I, that is not shown in the movie. I think maybe no. two or three of them die from the elements. Only one, technically kind of died from the elements but that was because she was following Peter and she ate the berries and she ate the berries oh but then there's that whole thing of like Foxface knowing Mm -hmm. that those berries were poisonous anyway Mm -hmm. what so there's okay (laughs) there's a like conspiracy theory that that the character we never know her name they just call her Foxface that following Peta she was um had really good survival instincts and knew a lot about like the plants and stuff that she knew that those berries were poisonous and she took them because she knew she wasn't going to win. But that's never been confirmed. That seems pretty realistic though, because like, yeah, but she did struggle through like a lot of the games to then give up right at the end. Like if that was her thought process, uh, maybe it wasn't her thought process, but it like became it. But like, I don't know, like, she had to always know that she was never really going to be able to fight someone because she was never really fighting. So the, and that strategy never changed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like she would have known from the beginning that she wasn't going to make it. So why'd she then just like go through all the struggle and try to survive, but only to like do that at the end? Well, I think cause I think the conspiracy came from, cause in the movie, when you see them in the training, she's the one doing the, 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 the nature one where she's clicking mm-hmm. all the safe plants. So she knows the plants. So she yeah. knows what, she, what yeah. it is. But also... Yeah, that is a good point. Cato said it in the end of, of the book one when he said, 
it wasn't supposed to be me anyway because they changed the rules and so like i think that what triggered them they're like oh shit like we're not going to win they are not gonna let us win they want you know either katniss or peter to win which at that point they probably thought oh they both are going to win it's going to be a cute little thing not knowing that towards the end they just did that so they both be alive so they will have to kill each other because that would make good tv but you know Mm -hmm. um Yes, yeah, so yeah, I forgot. Mentioned that in the end when he was holding Peter. I forgot how like, how defeatist Cato was at the end, like it, which was odd. That well, in the books, it's not so much like that. I feel like Cato mm-hmm. is still very much. Well, we have the whole thing about the um, oh gosh, the careers, like the career yeah. pact, um, being District just one and two, and they some for some reason in the movies it's supposed to include District four. Um, I don't know why they didn't have district four be a career mm. hack for some reason i don't know if it's because of Phoenix story they decided mm. to like mm. maybe get rid of that but they spent a lot of time like developing them like hunting and camping and having fun because the careers want to go to the hunger games and want to kill and win so for kato at the end of the movie to just be like like giving this whole speech about this is what they want to see they want to you know um I, i'm supposed to lose or whatever he says like that wasn't the Kato in the books. The Kato was like ready to, like, still gonna try to win if he could. Mm. Um, and even if he wasn't going to win, like his his thing was like, I'm taking one of y'all out with me. Like, yeah, y'all both are gonna win. I don't care what y'all do. Yeah, he was ready. He was ready to at least have his mark in the games mm. as someone who went down with the fight, not someone who was just like giving, you know, talk to the capital from above. And. Um, that's why when he was pleading, when the mutts were clawing him alive, that's yeah. why it was so much more poignant because he was the one, he was the mutt before. And now he's begging for Katniss to just end it for him. And so that's why she, you know, did the the arrow and, and killed him. But I think that the same thing happened also in Mockingjay with Finnick. So in the books, Finnick is decapitated, um, which is a analogy because Anne, Annie, his his wife, I get in at that time, his wife was um the reason why she went um she was very depressed. She had very bad PTSD is because her partner in the games got decapi- got got decapitated mm. in front of her. And that's why she was like in a in a unstable emotional state. Um and so for her, so for Finnick to happen to him, it was supposed to be like a mirror situation. But then in the movie, it, I guess to have like a good like can't go down without a fight they like blow him up and it's like that's fine but you know a lot of that kind of horror stuff it was missing in the books I mean in the movies and that could just be because they wanted it to be a younger audience really did hurt the movie and that's why I hate Baki J2 part one and part two like it's just so dumb like it should they could have made it three hours long if you needed more time you could have just made it three hours long. He did not need that extra hour of filler. Marking J Part One is so boring. It's mm-hmm. the same. I had the same problem with Harry Potter Part One and Part Two of Deathly Hollows. The first one is all plot, no, like all plot, no, um, no action, and then Part Two is all action, no plot. See. This is why Twilight Breaking Dawn actually makes sense. <laughs> Not to bring Twilight into this, but Breaking Dawn Part One, you know, that was one problem. Her having the baby is one problem. 
The second thing is the repercussions of having said baby is the other problem. Like, it made yeah. sense. And Mark and Jay Part 1 and Part 2 does not make sense as two separate movies. I mean, the first... Wait. I kind of forgot what Mark and Jay Part 1... That's when... in District 13. They're just, mm-hmm. like, in... They're just in there. There's That's stuff it. going on. They're filming You find out about PETA. You find out yeah. about PETA. And you find out that he's... Well, they don't know yet, but he's... Well, maybe towards the end of the movie, yeah, he's been hijacked. Oh, and they rescue him. Yeah, the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Well, I think because Mockingjay Part 2 kind of exists outside of District 13, so maybe they were trying to give us that, like, I don't know. You didn't need all that. You did not need two hours to do that. You did not need two hours to do that. I guess then there's the, like, kind of the, because I think whenever we have, like, a book that is, like, a has created its own world with, like, a lot of history, like, just like with the Harry Potter books, they're never going to be able to include everything from the books in the movies. So maybe they wanted to, maybe the reason they split that last book is because they want to give us as many details as possible, but they can't make a four hour movie. So maybe they just wanted us to really feel, because maybe then they would have had people complaining like, oh, we barely got to see their lives in District 13 if if we didn't get that first part. We could have. It didn't have to be two hours long, though. Like, because yeah re-watching that movie there was so much that could have been taken out of that movie and a lot of it was and i think this is the problem of making a, a book that's first person into a movie because they start adding in all this other stuff well, well meanwhile in this in in the capital this is happening yeah all the stuff with snow stuff. yeah yeah mm-hmm. like they could have took it all that out like the first part of the movie could have just been about katniss waking up finding that Peter's missing, people not really caring that Peter's gone. <laughs> um, and then, like, her family and stuff is stuck in District 13, and you kind of you kind of realizing that coin, I guess, is the other side of the coin of the tenerical, you know, <laughs> everyone is bad in this, in this yeah. context. Re- radical or revolutionary, you're... All leaders of power are insane. Um, but they could have did all that in one movie. I stand firm. Like it could have been like two hours and forty-five minutes. I'm not gonna say was it gonna be a short movie. It would be a pretty long movie, but they could have did it in one movie. I think it all just comes back to Mockingjay as a book is slow. There would I don't know if there's a good way to turn that book into a solid movie. Like yeah, I agree. Reading Mockingjay there's not there's nothing that happens in like three-fourths of that book like while they're in district 13 you're just learning about it if you're um you're getting i feel like that's another difference between the the book and the movie with mockingjay we get to see more of coins like bad side in the book versus the movie it's kind of there and then she just kind of dies at the end um and so i i think it should have just been one but I think the issue was that that was the thing to do. Like yeah. you, as soon as Deathly Hallows split it, part one and part two, everyone was like, bingo, genius. People are going to show up. I did. I showed up. I did. I'm not going to lie. I, I was there at midnight. I was ready to go. I was. I was but I remember being bored in the theater and I was a big Hunger Games fan. Like like this, there's one scene when those, uh, the mutts are chasing them, like right before Finnick dies. It's like those, uh, like zombie mutts like whispering like Katniss's name I remember that scene taking forever in part two and I was like there this should have just been one movie we don't need to draw out things like this 
like include more plot and then we can get to the action just like the just like the other movies it's an easy sell i would have sit there for two hours and 45 minutes absolutely i really liked mocking jay part two <laughs> <laughs> and i just feel the need to represent my people <laughs> why can you that, like what was it about mocking jay part two is that would you say it's your favorite um movie Okay, so it's a pro- it's a hard because I did I think as a movie the most interesting from beginning to end was Catching Fire. Um it's hard to deny that. But Mockingjay Part 2 was like interesting and and the scene where she hits coin with that arrow and he thought she was going to hit snow. That's chef's kiss. No crumbs. Like when she falls down, when she's at the table and says to them like introduces the idea of having a Hunger Games. And like the like the audience and all the victors re- realize like oh it's just repeating itself like it's like it's delivered so well and I feel like I liked p- part two just the way it was so I like I I would I wouldn't want any part of part one to touch part two like I don't you know to get rid of part one means to include some of that stuff in part two uh, and it would have changed part two I liked part two how it was well, I don't know I will say this part two was fine um yeah you didn't need it half you only needed half of part one we did not need to do all that in part one um because you know they added effie into it and did all this other stuff like the stylist but i yeah. like that yeah no i did too but yeah that means because she's a higher person that means that she gets more screen time and now we have to actually care about what effie is doing when before it was just the stylists and they are there and, and they we are you know rap. yeah in district 13 they kept them chained up mm. the stylist in the book they had mm. like katniss's like other stylists they had them chained up they were like uh dirty and like it, and then they were like could we use these people because they chained them up because they were capital citizens like they wouldn't have treated effie like that in the movie like in the wow. book they would have chained effie up but back to that gruesome nature they didn't show it mm-hmm. and okay let me go back to my um mad that they did not you know madge was not in any of the movies because her death like them signing up that her and her family got blown up i was in tears i was bad because it was it's the part like madge shows that like all this like people don't like me it's all in her head like people did like her she they they liked her and also when you find out that madge was hamish's partner's aunt like that and like her and Katniss mom like Madge's aunt and Katniss mom were friends it makes sense why she did all the things and giving her the pen and stuff like that like I'm, I'm not saying that it needed to be in the movie but I I wish it was like you know if I had to pick all this stuff like that would be like the last thing I would ask for but it would be nice if it was there well it would have made us feel more connected to district 12 too because yeah. I feel like when I was watching the movies having not read the books when they were like they bombed district 12 I was like well everyone I know from that district is here in district 13 so I really don't <laughs> I don't know what else there was that district. <laughs> um, so I feel like reading the books if you got to know the life and like the more people in the town that did end up dying in like the destruction of the town you would have like that would have hit you harder and that didn't hit me like watching the movies so I think that they did lose something there with that not not making us feel more connected to Katniss's home the thing about Madge and like the mayor's family the fact that they died once again shows the capital did not care like they were willing to kill like even like political figures within yeah. the district they 
And so that just got like washed away. I remember watching the movies and then still seeing the scene where like all the skeletons are like by the mines and being like, wow, this is terrible. But also we don't know any of these people. We never got connected to them. We saw PETA's mom one time. Yeah. You know, like that was, that was it. So we didn't get to know anybody. And like you said, everyone that we did know, they're fine. So it's terrible, but the movies just didn't give us that connection to the other districts like the books did. Mm-hmm. I don't know when to talk about this. <laughs> so I'm going to sprinkle it in here. I read, I watched this really interesting video about Rue. Um, it's by Yarder's, um, the YouTube is like Yara Zahid. And I do remember this because I was on Tumblr and people were being really racist about, about Rue. And it's I'm like, first of all, did you read the books? Because we all knew that she was black. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys forgot. <laughs> because they was, because when Hunger Games came out, um, I mean, a little bit of Twilight happened too. Like, oh, Kristen Stewart can't play Bella, but it was like a really big thing. Like people were like, very much like I want my fan cast like I think this started the whole like fan cast debacle mm. that happens every time mm. something new gets released and people was like wait Rue is black like I actually feel less sad that she dies now than I know that she's black and it's like and then they was like well she's supposed to look like Rue it's like no she feels like Rue because she was small and petite and 12 duh like I don't know where the context clues is getting missing did we read the same book clearly we didn't because <clears throat> because like if you read the books you would know that like they said that she had dark skin and curly hair and also like it means allegory for slavery of course all the black people live in the agricultural part yeah, but like we all know that, and just so like people being so mean about it, it was just so weird. Like your racism is showing, and I don't get it. But yeah, I didn't know where to put that. So I'm gonna put that here. It's like very prep, like because we I think we see a lot of like similar conversation and backlash today. Uh, like so, it's it's sad that that was you know 2012 but, and we're still seeing it. But but like before, like but she was. In the books, she was black. Yeah. And so that's the problem that it's creating. So people in their mind did not care so much about this black girl that they totally rewrote her in their mind as white. Like, because they could not find any sympathy if it was a black girl. So they totally like, rewrote this. Because it was in the book that she was black. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, you know every detail about Peta and Katniss, which is only one line in the book. You can't remember another one line in the book that said that she's black. If you can't tell, I love Rue. Rue is my baby. Um, I like literally even recently when I was rereading the books for the podcast, I literally wept in my car when I was listening to it. Um, her death is so sad, and also like I feel bad that Thresh got you know killed off screen by the months when she probably saw Rue's eyes and oh, like I wish like I wish we could have seen that in the movie. But- they didn't put it in a movie because in the book it was also off screen um which makes sense because it was a first person book so of course she wouldn't be able to see it but yeah. she wouldn't be able to see it um but yeah so i love rue even though you know she's only in the first one but i don't know what is your guys' favorite characters and i also like finnick <laughs> finnick and yeah rue. finnick is cool i really i kind of want to separate this a little bit but i really mm-hmm. like book Peta. Uh, I think movie (laughs) PETA got a little watered down to just being little Josh Hutcherson, like, I love Katniss Everdeen, and then I get hijacked. Um, Whereas 
like book Peter, he's an artist. Like he mm-hmm. re- he bakes. Like there's I mean those are two things, but there's more to his character <laughs> than just him. He being. really bakes. <laughs> he loves baking cake. Well, he bakes a cake for Finnick's wedding in mm-hmm. uh Mockingjay. And they I don't know. I thought that was a good um thing to have added yeah. to it. Um but I really did like Peter. I could say like consistently he was my favorite character. I think it's a really like Peta was just somebody who liked a girl in District 12 and he had a family and then he just ended up being absolutely destroyed by the Capitol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, um, I don't know. I just don't think they do justice in the movies, but I, I mean, I don't, I like Peta in the movies too. Um, but I think just maybe consistently Peta's my favorite, but I do like Finnick, but I feel like Finnick's a fan favorite. So I've met someone who said I don't like Finnick. So, um, and I I like Hamish. Yeah, like yeah. I really enjoy Hamish. I like he's really fleshed out in the books. He's not just like, uh, you know, a guy. Because <laughs> there's there's more connection between him and Katniss and Peta, um, and things like that. And like, if I had to pick a villain. Caesar Flickerman. <laughs> Hello, Caesar. <laughs> I love it. Because <laughs> he's not a good guy. Like, he, I mean, yeah. he could be a good guy, but we never saw anything different from him except him being with the Capitol, supporting the Hunger Games, interviewing PETA. Um, so, but so he'd be my number one villain. No, he's great. Um, and like, what he represents is so funny because it's like, there is that role in, in like war like he has to be the propaganda person so he has to keep things light and it's actually very smart what he's doing and like it's he, you'd think he's a nice guy based on how he is but like he's playing his part in the capital so mm-hmm. it's it, I, yeah he's he's a smart character um i, I think pe- people don't give Peter enough credit because like people are like oh yeah he just loved him like loved Katniss and yes that is true but he was playing the game okay like yeah. Katniss would have been hung out to dry first point first mm-hmm. movie if Peter <laughs> did not show first even in the books let's first of all let me get into this first part like Peter like her and declaring his love for her and talking about the baby and all this like he knew how to play the game and also like smiling and waving at them when they first got into the thing and just you know doing all that stuff like he knew how to play the game and Katniss is dumb because she's like oh he's just playing the game that boy loved you like you couldn't tell maybe you know Katniss was on her everyone hates me stick because I'm not like other girls what we're going to get into when we talk about the, the social <laughs> media debates but um I do think in that one in that one part she's like the, I'm not like other girls kind of trope but but yeah like clearly that boy was loving you and I was like get it together but yeah yeah I like but- PETA I think like um PETA Peter's obviously a great character. I think he's so in the movies because, um, you know, I'm I'm working off of uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> most of the knowledge from the movies. Um, he's so attached to Katniss and the love story with Katniss that it's like hard to separate. And I don't like the love story. Um, so it's like, and you know, I, I'd love to get into that. Um, but I would have to say that my favorite character is Effie Trinket. Um, mm. And also, I know this is an unpopular opinion. I think... President Snow is one of the best written villains 
of like that young adult novel generation. I think he's so intriguing the way he kind of meets Kat on Kat. I don't know. I just shortened her name to Kat. <laughs> like we're friends. <laughs> you guys are buddies hanging out in, in the hob. You know, Kat. <laughs> um, the way he kind of like levels with Katniss and treats her as an equal, but but at the same time as a child, like he's like, you don't know a lot like about what you think you know a lot about, but like, let's be honest with each other. And um, he's so... he's obviously so twisted because of like what he's done in the past but the presentation he has um and the way he manipulates people is just intriguing i was always intrigued by him in the movies so he's fascinating to watch and i think he was such a good element to the movie um and like when her last conversation with him in mockingjay part two um is just so good and the way he empathizes he fakes empathy with her and fakes sympathy but you know it's fake he's not even trying to pretend like it's not fake it's just so good and i think the actor choice was amazing so he's a good character but effie drink is definitely my fave from the original yeah. core core group and of course finnick but like you said it <laughs> isn't easy um but like finnick. so with the love story obviously the movie doesn't do it justice but i have to say just like with like and I'm going to go ahead and put out my opinion. And I think I, I like we'll leave the platform for the people who actually like read and knew the books. Peter versus Gail, it's Peter all the way. Like, and my one thing, not one thing, because it's like a bunch of things, but like if Peter in Catching Fire volunteered to be in the games with Katniss, if Gail really loved Katniss like he said he would, he would have volunteered to be in the verse games with her. But he didn't. He didn't even hesitate for a second. But Peta volunteered to be in the games with her. And that's selfless. Peta is selfless. Peta always loved Katniss and wanted to protect Katniss. I know, I know, I know, I know. But I just got to get my piece out. <laughs> Peta loved Katniss more than Gail. Gail was selfish. Gail only wanted Katniss for himself. He always made it about him. Every time she was having a panic attack, she was like, okay, but how do you feel about me? um pita was selfless pita loved katniss and that's it that's my piece go ahead okay um one of them had to stay out of the games because they one of them had to protect their family exactly gail knew knew that whatever i I had to say that first i'm gonna say i'm taking your family (laughs) 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 well i mean well it didn't turn out great anyways okay Gail okay. bombed Prim in the end. Okay, can I? Well, wait, that okay. is Go ahead. okay. Go ahead. Let, me, let me get into that first. Well, look, 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 let me get into my Gail piece right here, and then I'll get into that, and then I'll let Christina talk into it. I can talk about my little triangle part. But <laughs> um, my problem. So yeah, so Gail knew that if kind of was in there, and they knew he knew the stuff about her mom, like shutting down and stuff. So he knew that he had to stay. You know, and also he also has five brothers and sisters. Peter knows that his family don't like him. I'm not saying this as a bad thing, but I'm just saying like, like Peter doesn't have like, Gail is the breadwinner of his family. Like his father died. So he's taking care of his, you know, three younger siblings and his mom. Um, And also he needs to take care of Prim because just in case his mom shut, their mom shuts down again, you know, Prim needs someone to take care of her. So like, I will, you know, I will not let, the, the Gale nice erasure goes on. But now we're going to talk about the next part of this. And that is called character assassination. Because they did the same thing in Gilmore Girls with Jess. Is that they assassinated his character in season three. But also in book three for Gale. Because they they knew that Peter was going to be the one. Because if you watch the movies. 
Cadmus was in love with Gale. Like, head over heels in love with Gale. They, Catching Fire showed how much she cared about Gale way more than she cared about Peta. And maybe towards the end, when it's like, when they get into the games, yeah, she's in love with Peta because it's her survival. Like, you know, she's in, but when it's all said and done, like, she could have just been with Peta at the end of the games, but no, she was in love with Gale. But they had to make Gail so irredeemable so there won't be any inkling that she will go to him and hence the murder of Prem. So wait, Ty, are you Team Gail then? Like if you had to do I mean you gotta do the team team Gail versus Team Peta. I mean that's the like I just like wanna I just think you need for the rest of the I don't I'm Team Peta. I'm team, oh, yeah, team Katniss. <laughs> That's a cop out. Choose one. <laughs> I'm a team cynic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I feel like the problem is that like Peter was clearly the choice, but especially Catching Fire, which could be like you know, Tumblr, the Tumblr, you know, conspiracy theory is that, like, it wasn't supposed to be a love triangle, but after Twilight and the success of Twilight, they made her put in a love triangle with between Gail and Peta, and so that's why Catching Fire is all, like, a love triangle about it. But, so, removing that, you know, if that's true or not out of my head, I guess I am. I'm team Peta. I, I mean, Peta loved her. Like, I feel like I feel like she and Gail had, uh, like, we always thought that we were going to be together kind of love, where, like, it always been them two. And the problem with Katniss, I'm, like, not trying to compare it to Twilight, but, like, in Twilight, like, even in New Moon, you knew that Bella loved Edward, but it was always going to love Edward. Edward is not here, and so she is Team Edward. Like, like as soon as Alice came back, who's Jacob? We don't know who Jacob is anymore. <laughs> Whereas, like, with Gail and Peta, it could have went both ways until they, like, made Gail kill Peta. I mean, Prim, so she won't, won't want to be with him. So it's hard to put a side on it. So I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm Team Peta because we know how much he loved her. So I'm going to say Team Peta. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it was in-game. I think you knew that. Like, yeah. You're reading the first book, watching the first movie. You know that's how it's going to go. I think with Gail, I think he, yeah, he was like a vessel for someone who gets like poisoned by war, like in Mockingjay. He got like poisoned by Point's message and was very much like, let's burn down the capital at all costs. We'll take down like whoever with us. I think the movies did a good job with that. Um, the thing about like the the bomb mm-hmm. with Prem, I mean, I a hundred percent know that was Gail's idea, but it was very open. Yeah. Like they never we never get that absolute confirmation from any source in the book or in the mm-hmm. movie. It's it's very like speculated, but that like still um yeah, character assassination for Gale. Like, he's gone. Like, he killed Prem. Katniss, her whole journey was saving Prem. And it didn't matter in the end. Um, but 
that's a that's a love story. Um, I didn't. I as a whole, I am not a romantic. I don't <laughs> need that in my source <laughs> material. Um, even though I do stand Twilight, and that's kind of all it is. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wasn't like I didn't like super care about the whole like Gale or Peta because I always was like, it's gonna be Peta. It's Peta all the way, real or not real it's real mm-hmm. for Peta. they're gonna be together um mm-hmm. and i kind of fell down the path that rachel did of like fuck gail like <laughs> get him out of here um as i grew older and you know reread the books watched the movies a bunch like a lot of stuff does just kind of placed on gail he was just um like i said that vessel for get him out of here like what can we do to remove gail from the picture instead of um maybe I don't know. I don't know if there was another path for Gail for him. He ends up in district two, like probably still like going in that like military route. Uh, but I think, I don't know. War does terrible things to a lot of people. And one of those things is they become very headstrong on fighting is the only option. And so I think Gail was a really good like symbol for that. Um, path and so that's why he should you think gail should have died yeah i think yeah like do you think how would that have gone like just died like by the capital i think it should have died in book one oh. <laughs> 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 you should have been in the hunger games right 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 <laughs> i think what what could have been cool is if we saw him sacrifice himself for Peta. so i think like at some point like in their little trek amongst the capital if there was like a trap or something and he like you know, saved Peta and I like think, died or something. I think he should have died with Prim, um, as like Coin's final. Because I feel like Prim's death is really important. Like she got, but I think also killing Gail in that same manner shows how much Coin does not also does not care, and that she's doing things to hurt Katniss because she feels Katniss is a political rival. And so if Gail was going to die, I think it should have been, it should have been like when Prim died. Like he he figures out what happened. He figures out what's going to happen. So he like tried to run to get Prim, like, you know, try to get her out of there, Mm. but he couldn't get her out of there. And so they both died together. So So like a redemption death to him? I don't know. I don't think he should have died. I think him... And Katniss never speaking again after, I think, is really good because that does happen. That is a mm-hmm. real life thing that happens mm-hmm. uh, for people when something like really traumatic, like that happens. People mm-hmm. separate. So mm-hmm. I think death would have been too easy for it. I don't think you should have gotten like a, I'm going to save the day I've made a mistake. Because I, I don't think yeah. that's the Gale we know. I think it's the Gale we want. Like if some like if uh you know you read the right Tumblr hit canon you rewrite the mm-hmm. whole character in your mind you know like that's yeah. <laughs> that's what happens. But that's actually, why I think it was because of Prim and because of his love for Katniss. It wasn't like he didn't think it was a good idea. He just doesn't want Prim to die in that way. And that's how I would have. That's how I would have thought about it. It was that it was still not selfish, but it's like. I, I don't think the capital kids deserve it, but Prim deserves to live. And so I'm going to go save Prim. Not mm-hmm. anyone else. I'm going to go save Prim. And that's how I would have thought about it. Would have thought about it is that way. Is that he was so headstrong that he would have thought, yes, we should send that message, but Prim shouldn't die. 
And so I'm going to go save Prim. And maybe, maybe Katniss might might change her mind if, if you oh my god <laughs> uh, so it sounds like your team gail i think is what we yeah. clarify but i do have to say that uh i guess you know, i am i'm happy to admit when i'm wrong so i'll do it uh now but christina you actually changed my mind um i don't think gail should have died because so when christina when you said that it was it would be too easy for him that like really made me think about i think from the beginning gail was the one i feel like who wanted to die for the cause like he was ready to die for the cause and the fact that he doesn't is like it's it's never that easy it's not if if it would be so easy if the people who were ready and wanted to die for the cause were the ones who did um but it's like it was the innocents it was the ones who were who had something that they love that they love more than the cause um that were would have been happy to be away from the fight um just happened to get wrapped up in it but gail was like ready to be part of the fight like from the beginning he was like rebellion it's happening i love it i'm here for it mm-hmm. and he was always putting himself in dangerous situations so like i think you expected him to die but it's not always those people who die in war um so yeah so that's that really that really resonated with me i yeah i don't think he should have died I thought um, that I'm glad Pim, died. Prim died because she sucks. <laughs> wow. Like, like that, her and that dumb cat. <laughs> and the kids. Like, the kids? He was like, Katniss. Like, okay. Uh, like, at some point, you got to take care of yourself, Prim. She does, though. She does take mm-hmm. care of herself. Whatever. She was training to be a doctor. Like, mm-hmm. she had a path set out for her. She was so much more grown up in the books than whatever you just described of Prim. <laughs> <laughs> but I also... Well, with that, I, I'm not happy that Prem died. I think that having Prem die was a good choice because Katniss's yeah. whole thing was saving Prem, and no matter what she did, the government killed killed her. Like Coin took Prem out, basically. Coin did not care. Snow didn't care, and I think that was like a good. Not a, not that a child's death is good, but it. Uh, a nice plot (laughs) like yeah and also just shows that prim was always a symbol like like they was always using like like they always thought that katniss was the symbol but really prim was the symbol because prim is the reason why all this happened in the first place and that's why joanna says in book two they're not gonna kill prim because prim is people love prim prim is is beloved in this she represents the innocence that people are willing to fight for and to protect like they wasn't going to kill Prim and then clearly in the next book she died so like I think it was she was she was playing laying the, the, the scenes in it but I um I just I wish that Finnick didn't die like that's the only one I'd like I wish I understand why he died but I think out of all of them maybe Joanna dying but then also I like that Joanna wanted the Hunger Days like, like she is like Mm-hmm. Bitch, I want retribution, which is her character, and I'm totally fine with that. Like, you know, I don't need to like her to understand where she's coming from, and also understand the hurt that she had, um, for being in the Hunger Games, and she felt like the Capital Kids should have some have to deal with that. You know, is it wrong? Yes. Is it understandable? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so maybe. Yeah, I wish Finnick didn't die. I wish he he deserved if anyone deserves a happy ending it would be Finnick. But I understand why he had to die because people have to die in these things because then it wouldn't be fun. You know, and I'm also the person going, who things were going well. too well for him too. Like yeah. Annie came back, they got married. It's like when does the other shoe drop? Like all of them are experiencing like losses. Well, not not that Finnick wasn't experiencing losses because <laughs> like any loss in the in the surrounding group was a loss for him too. But like 
for all the others, like PETA was tormented and not able to like be with Katniss in the way, but he got Annie back. It was a great reunion. They got married. They were awesome. Something had to happen to him. It was too good. But I'm also a person who thought that Harry Potter should have died at the end of Harry Potter. So, you know. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want them to kill characters. Kill your heroes is what I say to books. So speaking of Harry Potter, um, Harry Potter, Twilight, and Hunger Games was very much in, like, the debate of, like, if you like this, if you like Harry Potter, that means that you're this. If you like Hunger Games, that means you're this. And if you like Twilight, you mean, you know, that means you're this. And there was a lot of, like, hate and this like animosity between all of them which is funny because most of us weren't all three like well you know but (laughs) it was like but if you like twilight that means you are a girly girl who only cares about boyfriends aka stephen king and me because i i love twilight um you know if you're like hunger games you're a strong girl you know hashtag girl boss (laughs) (laughs) that's like keep um you know and then be like harry potter you know i feel like harry potter was like in the middle of the two like like everyone liked harry potter and so you were in the middle but the real distinction was like between katniss and bella and then hermione got into it a little bit but um did you guys see that on social media or was that just me i don't know i I think i wasn't really like I, I think I saw it, but like I and so I, I wasn't on the Hunger Games like sphere of conversation, mm-hmm. so I was mainly like Harry Potter and Twilight. Uh, I did actually, honestly, I will say I, I can't I can't necessarily completely dismiss the fact that maybe the reason I wasn't in the Hunger Games is because I was already into Twilight, and I did see a lot of like Bella versus Katniss, and like I was like, well, I like Twilight, well, I like Harry Potter, so Hunger Games isn't really for me because I've already got my like thing and and it is like it was like fandoms opposing each other and we Mm. still see that idea of like fandoms like if you're on one side you can't be on the other you can't like them all kind of Mm. thing so maybe that was a a factor but i don't know if i remember explicitly being seeing like a whole lot of debate i saw it i was in all three i think probably at that time i was like closeted like twilight fan i think like as i got older i got more into twilight like i'd read all the books i think i'd seen the movie but like as i got older i think like almost like the campiness of twilight like really i was like i love robert pattinson so it just developed as i got older but i remember being on tumblr and i don't i think it was like the mtv movie awards and uh a lot of those um i think it was like like breaking dawn was like up against one of the hunger games movies and i remember because i voted for the hunger games like non-stop and i remember my <laughs> dashboard just being like we're taking down twilight and i was like yeah we are um so like, I, I saw it all the time because it, it put people in those boxes of like um being like adventurous like with harry potter like hopeless romantic with twilight and then just maybe like i don't know kicking ass with the hunger games but i <laughs> Katniss and Bella and Hermione are all three such different characters. Mm-hmm. Katniss is not very likable. Oh gosh, she's and the she's worst. supposed to, and that's supposed yeah. to happen. Like she's not supposed to be someone you're like, oh, go Katniss. She is an ordinary person who has got stuck in something that she didn't want to be in, and now she has to deal with it. And we have Hermione, who's incredibly smart. She's an amazing witch. She is the, you know the reason 
Harry and Ron, and the reason Voldemort's dead, I don't know. Like, she is, she should be the, you know, this isn't about Hermione. And then we have Bella, who fell in love with a vampire and wanted to be a vampire. I'm trying to come up with something else with Bella, but that's all I got <laughs> for her. <laughs> and they're just, they're different. Like, you can't put these things together. It's just that, like, fandom energy. And that was what early 2010s felt like on social media on i don't even want to say social media because it's on tumblr like i don't yeah. know if people were tweeting about it they might have been there was some like, weird facebook it. groups there was some weird facebook <laughs> groups about like we hate bella yay captains that doesn't i don't even i don't understand that i just i just always felt like they were so separate and i was in mm-hmm. to all three but i saw the hate and I, it, it's funny thinking about it now like thinking about what I was doing at 3 a.m., like voting Twilight <laughs> out of the or It's like, what was I drinking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> drinking Pepsi, like having a good time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that was the thrill of Tumblr. I think it was like the animosity between yeah. those groups for sure. But you know, it's always the the rise of I'm not like other girls kind of media. <laughs> Um, and that's Katniss was the poster child for that. Even mm-hmm. we can talk a lot about like the nuance of Katniss, um, but she was the quintessential YA character where she is pretty and she is, you know, she's not nice. Oh, you know, we can take that part out. She wasn't that person, but like everyone loved her and like all this other stuff. And, you know, with Katniss, it was like, but she doesn't want a man. She doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to have kids. She just wants to live life. It's like, no, but she lives in a totalitarian government. Of course she doesn't want to have kids because she doesn't want her kids to be in the Hunger Games. Like, come on now. Yeah. Let's make like it's not that she doesn't <laughs> it's not like she doesn't like kids or anything. It's a, literally a product of her, you know, her upbringing. Like, you know, because people in the capital have kids all the time because they don't have to worry about that and they're rich and you know they're there's no you know chance of them starving or anything like that so i think and then like with bella as the quote-unquote girly girl um of the of of the three um they definitely you know put a lot of their he-man woman hated club energy into bella Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, for Hermione, like I said, that's why I call Hermione is like the middle because like her, her stories wasn't really about love. Like, you know, you kind of say that there was like a love triangle between her, Ron and Lavender or maybe like her, Victor and Ron, but I don't think so. <laughs> like, like that's a very big stretch. Like, first of all, the, the movies wasn't about her. So like she wasn't the main character. So that's, you know, you could, so that's why you could take all that stuff out. But, but yeah, I think. You know, and then, like, the Percy Jackson people were, like, the cool people. <laughs> well, they were by themselves. They were, like, in their own little corner. They were not getting involved in any of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And, the, and, and then, like, and then, and then the rise of the Maze Runner people, you know, is, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> who thought they were just so much better than everybody else. <laughs> but that's no. just Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. I think um, there's a lot of factors that play into, like, what it was like in those early 2000s like with fandoms going against each other but i think with this particularly and especially since we keep bringing it up it was like a lot it was a lot like it was more that it was like katniss versus bella and like and then uh, i guess like versus hermione too um i think aside from the the weird psychological affiliation of fandoms um, but aside (laughs) from that i think there was also this idea of like i think at the time 
we were seeing the burgeoning of like young adult books being taken seriously in media and like Mm -hmm. there being more room for them and like more types. Um, I think so it felt like only one there was only space for like one young adult book series to like be given the the attention it deserved. So we had like fight for one when I think nowadays we see like young adult books are flourishing and like we see all sorts of movies being created about them and there's not just space for one it's like we can have enough attention for all of them and I think it's also like the same thing with like female protagonists and like female heroes it's like the idea that there there weren't a lot of female heroes and protagonists in these um like more modern like young adult movies um that I think like young girls could could see themselves in uh in like a not connected to men kind of way um and I think it was kind of like well, if we can only have like one strong female hero, then which one could is it going to be? Is it going to be someone like Bella or Katniss? And so there doesn't need to be one or the other. It can there can be both. And I think that's a larger conversation about representation that I think we're seeing in a grander scale, and we're bringing more, like more representation in that like rather than fighting like one or the other, it can be there can be space for everything and everyone. You don't have to see yourself in every single character. But to have someone that you do see yourself in can like let's raise them up and raise everyone up. We don't have to like cut out someone to. So it's like I think that it doesn't have to be Bella or Katniss. There's room for people who relate to both of them, and both of them have enough room out here. And there can be all sorts of female protagonists and all sorts of heroes that we see. Well said. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But speaking of like young adult novels and stuff, um, this was like. And you mentioned like Maze Runner. This was like the rise of like dystopian stuff. I think we were seeing like, and maybe that was like the t- Twilight girlies were afraid that like we were getting away from the, as if I wasn't a Twilight girly. <laughs> <laughs> I were afraid we were getting away from like the vampire era because the vampire era was like really dominating. But like, I think Hunger Games started this dystopian thing. Like we saw a lot of dystopian stuff come after oh. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were y'all into it? And and do y'all think like Hunger Games is like I think Hunger Games is a great dystopian piece, and I I think not a lot of stuff came after it really ever compared for me. And I'm not an apocalypse girly. I'm I'm ready to die in an apocalypse. Right. I'm not surviving. Thank I'm not you. struggling. So like it's not the the <laughs> stuff never really appealed to me. But dystopian stuff like is interesting, and I think Hunger Games did it well. But like, are were y'all here for the dystopian stuff? As a person whose favorite book is The Giver by Lois Lowry, I hated this time. It was so sad. I am very happy that we are in our romance comedy era. Like I needed that to bo- to all the lo- to all the boys I loved before. Like I needed that because the dystopian era made me so sad. Like I don't like I don't need that much sadness in my media. What that which I consume, and this is coming from someone whose favorite book is The Giver. Which is also very sad. But um but yeah, so like this was not my time. You know, I was still in the Teen Wolf <laughs> at this time in Doctor Who. So if if I could show you where I was, then you know that's to show you where I was. But like the fifth wave and the maze runner and all that, like I wasn't into any of that stuff. Yeah. I did not get into anything else was after the Hunger Games. Hunger Games was my dystopian novel, and I I really enjoy dystopian <laughs> universes and the apocalypse. Like twenty twenty is an incredible film, um, but I, I I don't know. There was nothing there that like brought me to 
be interested in it. Like I, I remember trying to like get into it, like read it, read something, maybe like Maze Runner and all of that, but it did not serve a, a space in me. But I think it's because I think I said this earlier, the Hunger Games came to me because Harry Potter had ended. And I was such a Harry Potter fan that I was just sort of left with this like, what do I do? Like I have nowhere to put this uh, energy out into. And then I just like dive right into the Hunger Games and it it picked me up. And then like from there, I went to Doctor Who. So that, yeah, I know. So I was just like, as you do on Tumblr, you, I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. Like, I, who is this guy? Why am I seeing so much about Tardises? And then I got into that. So like, I like never dived into any of those other dystopian fandoms, but that was the thing to do though. There was so much with it. Like didn't float my boat. Yeah. But it's, it's sad. I did. I will say I did like Divergent. But those movies now, like those most, those movies don't really stand up the way that Hunger Games do. Like you don't really hear people talking about like rewatching the Divergent movies. Like we're seeing a Hunger Games Renaissance right now. Mm -hmm. You don't really hear about that with Divergent. Divergent's been available to stream like pretty much all the time, and and no one's really talking about it. Well, that's also because they didn't finish it because they tried to pull. Oh, did they They try to pull? No, because they tried to make the last Mm -hmm. one into two books. And you want to talk? Okay. This is a spoiler for Divergent. I'm so sorry um, to anyone who has not read the books. But I think it would have been interesting because unlike the other two, other three, you know, the main character dies at the end. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Oh. <laughs> she dies at the end. Um, And Forrest carries on the, her legacy. But yeah, she died. So it would have been interesting to see how the Tumblr girlies would have oh. answered to that. But I think they it also just... It. They would have hated it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they pulled the stupidness and they didn't get enough money from the first one, so they couldn't make the second one. Um I also think that diversion was dumb, but <laughs> I the book. Look, I love the book. Um, uh, but that was also because I was a child. Um but I always totally forget it. Like I also forgot about diversion. Because I yeah. definitely watched all all three of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely was there when they happened. <laughs> Maybe because, like, I love Dylan O'Brien, and like I said, I was on Tumblr, so the Mage Runner was on my timeline. You know, (laughs) all the Team Wolf girlies was like, we gotta go support our man, and like, we're like, yes, we're gonna go support our man, but other than that, I also like, I am number four, and we want to put some aliens into this, but, um... We do have to get to the reboot at some point, I guess, right? (laughs) Um, uh, Well, the reboot, that hasn't happened yet, but before we do, just lightning round, does anyone... I want to give honorable mention any scenes or parts um, of the movies that we didn't get a chance to talk about. I know I loved when Cinna died. I mean, not in the way that like, you know, I don't, I didn't oh, love Cinna dying, but that was a really cool going scene. Going up into the yeah. tube after the screen goes from widescreen to full screen. Yeah. When PETA, the reason why I have to be Team PETA is not because of Katniss, it's because of PETA, because I love PETA, but. Just, yeah, because <laughs> Ty doesn't care about women's feelings. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that, in, in both of my favorites like when they were sitting on the beach and he gives her the locket and it has like the three like gail her mom and first of all, i don't know when they took these pictures <laughs> and, it's from um, the first movie it's literally like portraits from the first movie that they released i was like this is all they had but it's supposed i guess it's supposed to look like the capital took those pictures yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. <laughs> But, like, I have no one after 
like if you die like I have no one that's why like you have a family you should go and like I thought that was really cute and then because Mira's like in the first one when they found out that they wasn't gonna let both of them die and so she was like he was like I'm going to kill myself for you I love you so much I will let you live and it was like oh Okay, but, so my yeah. only problem with that scene, though, is that literally, literally, like, 15 minutes ago in the movie, <laughs> he yelled at Katniss because she didn't tell him about something because he was like, I have family, too, Katniss. I have people I need to protect. <laughs> and suddenly he doesn't. He, suddenly he has nothing back at home. He, <laughs> yeah, in the in the book, it's more implied that Peta was saying that because Peta knew that if he died, his family was not going to be as heavily impacted as if Katniss died. Mm-hmm. Like, Katniss needed her family to like she needs to be there for her family to take care of them whereas Peta, what he had like six brothers and like they didn't even come to visit him when he was going away like Peta's dad visited Katniss they should have put that in the movie he should have put that in the movie yeah he showed up to Katniss and he said "Hmm, maybe this time we'll have a victor like uh, to to Peta, like he told Peta that Katniss was gonna win like that was no the mom told the mom told Peta that that Katniss was gonna win. Um mom Peter's mom told mm-hmm. Peter that Katniss was gonna win. Yeah, okay. In the mom. books, okay. in the book movie in the books, and in the books, um Peter's dad comes to Katniss yes. and, and they talk and she gives him the cookies and he says, I'm going to protect Prim. So another person said, I will make oh, sure that Prim is fed. Um because you're strong. And he said that you might, you have a chance to win, but he didn't, he doesn't tell Peter that. But like, and that's when, so when she finds out that Peter was only saying these things because it was part of the game, she throws the cookies away as like mm-hmm. a defiance. Like, maybe your dad is also playing tricks on me, but yeah. yeah screw your dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we don't get to see any of Peter's family. Yeah, yeah. we don't. <laughs> None of that. Yeah. But that is a heartbreaking scene when they're on the, on the beach, mm-hmm. like going through that. Because that's like one of the last conversations they get to have before they get separated in Walking Jay. Oh my gosh, when like the lightning tree, <sighs> and when and when you see that Peta or no, that Beatty was trying to hit the hit something with the with this, he was hitting the force field with the spike with the ra- mm. wire raptor mm-hmm. on it, and like that seeing that and not having read the book and figuring out in real time like what was going on when you thought oh. they were planning on like blowing up the middle part or something, and that. I was like, wait, why was BD trying to hit the force field then? Like, what's going on? And then it's just, what's going on with Finnick and Joanna? Were they against them? That that was a really cool twist. That was well done. I was right there with them. I was like, what is going on? They're trying to kill when, him? When Joanna takes out her tracking device. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, Joanna's a traitor! Just kidding. <laughs> she's not <laughs> she wakes up and she like hits Hamish because she, she was like you promised to save him that was a good that was a good end that made catching fire was a good movie i would say all of catching fire i'll put on mm-hmm. here I'll, I'll honorable mention just well done movie mm-hmm. the games were so fun mags dying so Jeff's fun kiss. Yes, so fun. <laughs> she just walks right into that poison mist immediately you hear that bomb you hear that cannon it's so sad because she can't speak so she you couldn't even hear her scream because yeah. she was <laughs> it's so sad um i think i do want to shout out that i really liked in the movies was i loved the game maker scenes i yeah. i loved them showing the arena them putting things in like they're bringing like the muds in and the first one um there was a call out 
that Seneca Grain, may he rest in peace, um, made when Katniss was getting too close to the arena that they were like, let's turn her around. And that like was such a good callback to Hamish's games that we mm-hmm. read about in Catching Fire with like the force field and the axe um, of like game makers being aware that that's happening. Kind of weird that they weren't aware of it in Catching Fire, but I don't know. Um, but I, I enjoyed those additional scenes. I didn't enjoy the scenes with Seneca Crane and Snow just as a whole. <laughs> I thought those were stupid. Like, there's no reason for this. Um, or when Hanich was like, don't kill Katniss. And Seneca was like, uh, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't need that behind the scenes. But I loved the I loved the aspect of them, like, making the arena. I would have watched oh. a whole movie about the game makers. <laughs> I was yeah. obsessed. They should do like a mockumentary so. on behind the scenes of the game. Yeah, I would have just <laughs> drink it up. I I remember like at um in my Tumblr phase, at one point I drew Seneca Crane's beard on my face because I was just like, I gotta do it. So <laughs> yeah. my last thought is that I wish that they added more of like how this is truly is just entertainment for the capital. Mm-hmm um because they didn't really talk a lot i mean they did a little bit in passing like oh this was my favorite one to go visit um because you know in the books you find out that like all all of them are like kind of like museums you can go and visit and have fun you know and Mm -hmm. and pretend to kill someone like they killed them in like in this one in this um game arena and stuff like that and i wish that they could have talked a little bit more about um they did a little bit when they gave her the drink it's like to throw up so we can also eat again which is a very roman thing that they um that people say that happens like people force themselves to throw up so they can eat more so it was um i wish they would have shown more about the capital is just you know fans you know watching wrestling (laughs) in a more streaming sense but like you know they are purely just entertained by the disasters that are happening yeah i think i mean the capital scenes were cool seeing the like the victors to like interact with the capital um mm-hmm. so I, like it would have been nice to see more of their like how they saw the games i liked in catching fire when like all the victors were up on stage saying whatever they could to like anger the crowd and like mm-hmm. draw attention to it um like when bd goes if the game, if the quarter quail was written into law by man, surely it can be unwritten. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Like unprompted. Like he didn't ask him a question or anything. He was just like, Beatty, you've done so much for us. And he was like, uh, this is what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, and then the brother and sister was like, oh, you know, sad that we have to go in together. Or, and they um, said like, we didn't choose this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our choice. Mm-hmm. Even them as like district, as like the yeah. part of the career pack. Because like Joanna said, they did their part. You know, yeah. they they were supposed to live a, a life of bliss for winning the Hunger Games. How dare you try to get us to go back? Oh, because of Katniss. <laughs> I want to go back. Their entire species needed to be eradicated. Yeah. Well, from snow. And then Pete is like, if it weren't for the baby. It's and such a good shot. Josh, Josh Hutcherson, like doing that. He's just like, smirking i just i love that oh it was such a good shot that i mean any scene with caesar flickerman is just so good it's just back to it's, back to caesar flickerman I, especially in the book it's kind of like am i pregnant yeah <laughs> she's like oh shit like, hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh can we call back me? to that 
in Mockingjay Part 1. Okay, call out for Mockingjay Part 1. When she visits the hospital of wounded people and the, the woman goes, what about the baby? And she goes, I lost it. I mean, even though it was like a lie, like mm-hmm. you can tell how much like the people who were fighting like were devastated by what the Capitol did to Katniss, like hypothetically <laughs> what they did to her. And it's like, um, oh, and then the hospital gets bombed. Uh, Mockingjay Part 1 had some stuff going for it. All plot, no action. That's <laughs> yeah, it had a lot it. of things going for it that they could have put in a one movie. <laughs> like, that's not the point. The point isn't, like, nothing was going on. I mean, at some, you know, the book, she's mostly just, like, walking through the hallway. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> 13. But the, the issue was it needed to be one movie. <laughs> well, hey, they're just trying to make money off of us. And that's I- also could be what they're doing um, in this new movie that's coming out. They could be just trying to make some more money off of this uh long dead um franchise so let's talk about it um what's it called of ballad the ballad of ballad of songbirds and snakes yeah songbirds and snakes so like i haven't read the book uh personally i did not get a chance to pick it up i think i read maybe a page but like um what's it about (laughs) it's about snow in the 10th hunger games and Lucy, um, and Lucy is the, um, <clears throat> is, the, is there, could you remember, uh, let me go back, let me, so it's about, um, Snow, pretty much, he used to be a peacemaker, so he's one of, like, those soldiers, and um, he was in District 12, um, kind of falls in love with Lucy, who is there um victor or their tribute for for um district 12 um because she because remember before hunger games only her well they don't mention her by name but only two people ever won from district 12 which was Hamish and her but she died so she can't come back you know for the games mm-hmm. anyway but um but yeah it's the 10th game and it's about this like kind of like how he like rose to power how he views things I don't care about Snow. Like, I mean, I care about Snow because he's interesting, but I don't care about his backstory. Um, and Lucy. Yeah, I just don't care. Like, I just don't care. Like, either they need to go to the first Hunger Game. I don't need to do the 10th. Like, if we were going to do a, a, a sequel, I want to see the first Hunger Game or, like, the war that caused the Hunger Games. In my opinion. If I wanted a sequel, which I don't, a prequel, which I don't really need. Yeah. So you don't want this movie? I mean, no, not really. Because okay. it's just another games. It's just the games that when Snow was young. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it's bringing. It is bringing more, I guess, context to his ideas mm-hmm. from the first one. Like, I don't care about that. I care about how they even have the first Hunger Games. Were there more dissent? Was there more, like... That's the stuff I really want to know. Or was everyone was dead, so everyone was like, I guess we have to follow what the Capitol is saying. Or, you know, the beginning of Pan Am. Like, that's the stuff I want to see. Mm-hmm. Not if there is going to be a prequel. I don't need one, but. Yeah. I'd rather it be then than another random one. Because then we could have got Hamish. Hamish would have been a better person to get a prequel than Snow. If we had to get one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest argument I hear is people wanted Finnick's story or they wanted Hamish's story because um, 
Haymitch says like a quarter quell game that it was really detailed in the book. People wanted mm. to see it. Uh, and everybody loves Finnick. They just want more Finnick. Um, and he was 14. He was so young. Yeah, he was. Wasn't two. he the youngest person? Yeah. Too? Mm-hmm. And it would have been, been cool to explore his story after the games, too, because he yeah. had that particular experience of being like a like a sex slave or something in in the capital. So it would have been cool to wrap all that together. I I read uh, Songbirds and Snakes and I did not enjoy the book. Um, <laughs> it. I, I was just trying to understand why this was given to me in the first place mm-hmm. um, because I one, I didn't need it. I, I'm totally okay with the Hunger Games ending. Three books, four movies. I'm good. I think it did its job. I don't need to go back into the arena. It, but to be brought back into the arena with President Snow or <laughs> not Snow or President Snow, like still Snow. Um, Cornelius is what he used, just was his first name. They so rock into the arena with him actually in the arena a couple times, like in the books, like because uh, the arenas aren't very fleshed out, really. Um, they're just like in a destroyed building for the most part. But like Snow is able to like sneak in to the arena and he's like trying to help Lucy Graybird like win because he's like falling in love with her. And it became this whole thing of like, introducing this weird connection with snow in district 12 Mm. that i did not like i liked the fact that katniss just showed up and took everything down dismantled the whole system she was just an ordinary person she volunteered because she didn't want her sister to die and then she ended up being the mockingjay and then it was like a weird thing with snow now having a deep connection to district 12 because he ended up because he's lucy Lucy Graybird's her name. He's uh, her mentor in the Hunger Games, mm-hmm. and then he does some shady shit, and then he gets he gets to be the peacekeeper in District Twelve, and like they were gonna run away at the end of the book, and then he's mm-hmm. actually evil, and he doesn't run away. She does, and he goes back to the capital. But it, I feel like there's just no connection between the snow that we know and the snow that was. In yeah. The book. So. For me, I there's so many songs in that book too. <laughs> it's the ballad. The ballad. <laughs> I know she's always skipping around and singing, and it's like that's why she's different. Oh, like, she's, she's the songbird. The yeah, and he's the, the snake. The snow is and the, he's snake. the snake. Whoa. Yeah, Man. and then it just became like another bird theme. Like we don't. <laughs> I didn't need it. Like I, I think what you what Ty said about like having. Uh, if we got a prequel, like the first Hunger Games, that would have been cool. My head canon is that the parents were the mentors, but that was my old Tumblr post I wrote about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh. then I think the war, like that mm-hmm. would have been something. Them coming up with the idea of like this is what we're gonna do, like that's how the movie ends. Like mm-hmm. that would have been, um, very interesting to see. I think. Was that me? Was what you? Yeah, a doorbell. I don't have a doorbell in my home. Oh, so what's the name? Okay, hold on. <laughs> so hold on, hold on one more. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that was you. doorbell. <laughs> I have the special guest me. on the pod, Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> He's and here. Who do we have here <laughs> Stanley Tucci, dressed as Caesar Flickerman. <laughs> my dream. Um. Oh, what I was going to say was um. 
Okay. That in the book, they talked a little bit about like how the game started a little bit, I guess, because since it was the 10th game, those people are still alive. And it was, po- it was like a, it was like a, it's like a school project that someone thought mm-hmm. of. And like, and it talked a lot, like a lot about like the poisons and like all this other dumb shit that didn't need to be in there. Yeah. Like, technically, it did go through the, um, what's it called? It technically did go through like how they made the games, but I think that was dumb. <laughs> Maybe I think that was dumb. Like, it, like it would have been interesting if it was first was adults and then they moved to children, because mm-hmm. um, like they use like prisoners of war at first. Mm. Then they were afraid that they could overthrow again. You know what I mean? And so you know, like it would have been interesting if it was something kind of like that, but. Yeah, I just don't care about snow. I don't care about snow enough to... So either I need whole new different people or or get someone that people actually liked. Yeah. Snow wasn't a person that people liked. But I guess they wanted someone who has some connection to the capital, which would have been interesting if they did, like, Finnick after he won. Mm-hmm. And, like, he would have was our end tool to how that part of the capital worked. Yeah. And I like, and I like snow. I do like, but I think I don't even want this because I like snow. Like, I don't know if, like, I don't want to demystify and humanize snow. I like how he is in the in this really. Yeah. I really don't need a backstory that makes him seem more like, like sympathetic and like this this connection. Like you said, like Christina, like the weird connection to District Twelve. I don't think I need that. I I want to keep Snow how he was and and kind of almost operate on like I don't really know what's going on in his head or what he's been through. Um, this weird thing we have lately of like villain villain origin stories and like humanizing villains like with like the Joker movie. Um, and it's like I don't we don't need that. Like it's not even it's not good for a story sense. Like I don't want to understand a villain. I I want to kind of be surprised by them and shocked by them and and be confused by them i want them to be an enigma um and to not be able to explain why they do what they do like that makes them more chaotic i i i i like to be shocked by them um but I think also that's because of the rise of true crime but you know yeah i mean but also like the in the, so that's in the other sense i don't know if we need to be humanizing villains and trying to gain sympathy for them because like that's not the point of villains like, that's not the point of Joker. You're not supposed to feel sympathy for Joker in Batman. And that's not the point of Snow. You're not supposed to sympathize with Snow. Like, I, I do like how you kind of realize that there's others like him. It's not just him. It's not just kill him and then you're done. Like, coin would just come and take his place. That evil can exist everywhere. Um, but still, he's evil. He's a villain. And I think, like, we don't need to sympathize with the villain maybe unpopular to think so but i don't know so we don't need it but yeah you're right it's probably a true crime thing we're obsessed with crime and getting into the minds of criminals criminal minds (laughs) (laughs) and all these documentaries yeah that are like what were they thinking and like we have an interview with the criminal it's like let's not and like the in the the fictitious accounts of like the jeffrey dahmer series Like, it gets Mm -hmm. a little to the point where it's, like, if we're humanizing villains and evil people enough, when does it then come off as, like, we're almost, like, creating apologist material for villains and evil I mean, that's the same thing, you know, like I said, 
one thing about Twilight is we knew Aura was evil. He always going to be evil. Yeah. Like, he is an opportunist. He is killing people because he just wants to. And he takes over clans because, one, he wants all the specials, all the special yeah. powers with him. Like, you understand his motive. You don't have to agree with it. But just because you understand the motive doesn't mean you have to agree with it. And I feel like with, with like, Songbird, they want you to, like, see where he's coming from and gain that sympathy from that. But no. You know, and the same thing with Harry Potter. It's like, J.K. Rowling writing, you know, a thing all about Voldemort. Like, I don't need it. We know he's evil. He's a racist, purist, evil. Yeah. He's evil. Yeah. I mean, again, they got back whole whole backstory of like, oh, his parents didn't like him, and like he had a bad childhood. Oh it's like that's God. the same shit we see with like, like every time they do like a thing on a serial killer or something, like oh, it's the way they were raised, and it's like oh, they were rejected. It's like boom. Well, it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah and that's I mean, what they did with Snow too. Like that was his backstory. His parents died in the war. And he grew up in poverty with Tigress, who's his cousin, by the way, which really out of pocket, not necessary. Um, and that was him. Like he had a bad life in the capital until he started killing people. And then he rose to power. Like that's, that was it. That's the book. You don't need to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like I've, I feel like it, I've read it now. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of like, and I don't know if this was intentional, but it could have been. Um, they also made, Lucy kind of like a Romani-esque person mm. um, where like they were like so they were weren't from Panem um they were traveling mm-hmm. in, in Panem they were like a traveling like not a circus but like kind of like a circus that's why I think it's like Romani-esque um you know thing and you know so he falls in love with her um even though you know she's different different <laughs> um and you know and that's why you can't trust these quote-unquote savages <laughs> all these are in quotes people i do not think this way about <laughs> those people but it very much you know i don't want to use the derogatory term for it but it's very much of that kind of hunchback of Notre Dame kind of situation here mm-hmm. but yeah so general opinion we are not excited for this reboot movie Is i mean that the no. case? I will see it in theaters as I feel like it is my duty as a Hunger Games fan. Like, will you be there on premiere night? <laughs> no, I am going to keep. <laughs> I'm too old now. Dress up as snow. <laughs> well, now, but now they do it like five o'clock on a Thursday. So if I can catch the five o'clock yeah, Thursday yeah. show, then I'll I'll buy see it. I'll I'll fly down to North Carolina and we'll all we'll all see. It. <laughs> I, November. I, Oh, is it really? Right. It's coming it out this, this November. Year. It's wild. Yeah. And we don't have a trailer for it. We just have a very slow intro with like a snake and a bird. And it's like a minute and a half trailer. And watch it end happens. up being really good. <laughs> I have seen I have seen a um promo picture. It mm-hmm. does not look good. Oh, and it's okay. literally just a picture of snow and Lucy laying in the grass. And I've seen what I needed to see. See what I need Which is supposed to be like a, a a parallel to when Gail and Katniss in the first movie was this laying in grass. Oh god. See, I don't need <laughs> parallels. I don't need parallels between the original <laughs> source material. There shouldn't be a parallel between uh Katniss and Snow. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be a connection. It should just be Katniss showed up and yeah. took down Snow. Like that that's Yeah, what you I never like know who your world. political figures are going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you just never know. Yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things where 
But then the same thing, like, do I want a show version of the Hunger Games? Not if they're going to sugarcoat it like they did the first one. You know what I mean? Like, if they're not going to really show the true madness of what was going on, I don't need a series. Like, like you know, the Harry Potter series is supposed to be coming out. Um, no time mm-hmm. soon, but, you know, it got greenlit. Yeah. And I don't think I need one for the Hunger Games. I actually prefer it for Twilight. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> Ty wants a Twilight. Twilight, Twilight girly through and through. I, I don't need a, yeah, Hunger Games. It's got a great cast. I'm looking at the cast right now. The yeah. songbird? Yeah. yeah. Viola yeah. Davis. Well, the Hunger Games had a really great cast, too. Like, yeah. they, they know how to cast these movies. They know how to put the big names in it. Who is like, this? Who is Lucky Flickerman? There's a Flickerman in it. Is every this- okay. This is the thing I, was, I think I mentioned this to you. Like when you read the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, like there's so many capital names. So like you get like a Flickerman, like Caesar Flickerman. Like you get connections oh. like that. Like every character in the book has this like outrageous capital name. I had a hard time following who they were <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So but I wouldn't want to if I got a tv show i would want a tv show about the mentors mm-hmm. like that would be cool like to see what that mentoring is like during the hunger games like yeah. i would enjoy that like i i like the pieces of those stories like hey mitch joanna finnick either mentors we didn't get to meet the mentors that died in catching fire you know i want yeah. those stories if i were to be given a tv show but I'm or, not um, searching for one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not searching for one either. Or like how I always felt that if they ever did a, a, a another Avatar: The Last Airbender show, like I want every like like maybe like a part one and a part two of each Avatar, and so like each Avatar gets like two episodes, which would be. But for I guess for Hunger Games, like every season was a different Hunger Game, um, and showing like the dynamics and stuff that would happen in said Hunger Game. So always, so every season is a different a different one like between one and 75 but other than that i don't want the same characters like i don't want five seasons of katniss like that's okay like i wanted to either change every season or like you said be about the capital like the capital will be the interesting part of this then katniss Mm -hmm. yeah i don't even think i need to go back into the arena like Mm -hmm. i don't need to see more kids get killed like i'm okay with watching that like behind Mm-hmm. like the minds of that yeah, yeah. like we we know it's wrong like we get it we see how it's gonna end like mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah we and we've seen i feel like a lot of the shock and awe we've already seen i don't mm-hmm. know what they could do in these games especially since it's a, a long time ago and it's before the games were like incredible and um like vastly immersive i yeah, don't know if the there's gonna be do, able to do anything that's gonna be worse than what we've already seen with the games maybe like um what's the one who who started becoming a cannibal i guess they could oh that was i can't remember but uh uh Titus, I think in his catching name? fire well there was one there was one that like ate the kids and then there was the tribute in catching fire who had her teeth shaved down she was ripping mm. those throats off yeah um, right but there yeah. was like a cannibal one i remember that being brought up in the Titus. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the one where like you that's when katniss knew that they were um like they were kind of manipulating because he was eating the other tributes and so they like killed him like in the game mm-hmm. to make sure that like you know they wouldn't have a cannibal as a winner yes. game makers see that'd be yeah, good cool. that'd the be capital would have been so interesting 
How yeah. am I manipulating all these things to happen? Well, Snow. And he poisons someone's at the end of the book, and it's like, okay, he poisons people. We know this. <laughs> That's his thing. Uh. <laughs> and he did it at the end of the book. Go rising. <laughs> and he gives um, Lucy poison to take into yeah, the rock game. poison. Yeah, mm-hmm. to use. Ew. Yeah, and she wins. That's why she wins. And he yeah. also like he did with the snakes too. Like put the handkerchief in and. Uh, the snakes didn't attack her, and that's why he ended up in District 12. Mm. And that's... also, isn't like rat poison isn't really poisonous to us? Is it that rats don't have gag reflexes? That's rat why poison is arsenic. I heard it like because they can't throw it up, but like we could just force ourselves to vomit. But maybe think... that's just bad social media science. So I'm going to take, we could take that out. <laughs> so what TikTok did well, you also, watch that? Also, like, yeah, maybe if you throw it up, but, like, if you're giving someone rat poison, usually the 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 shtick is that they don't know that they're taking rat poison. Yes. So they're yeah. not going to be like, oh, that was rat poison, I'm going to throw it up. They're going to be like, okay, yum, yum. And then when it's too mm-hmm. late, they die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's, like, full arsenic. I probably saw some random TikTok, so I will recant. <laughs> yeah, my... some Gen Z are like, did you know no. you could actually take rat poison? <laughs> the problem would be too much chronically online is that you see stupid shit all the time. Th- yeah, and then you like, think about it, and then you're like, damn. Well, so um, I guess our, our advice to listeners, just go rewatch Hunger Games. It's on Peacock, Peacock now. It's, it's off Netflix. Netflix. But um, I'm sure everyone has been seeing this like Hunger Games renaissance we're seeing on social media uh, that happened because Hunger Games was on Netflix. Um, so give in to the nostalgia, go see it. And I guess in November, if you want to see Palette of I'm going to see it. I'm not going to not see it. I might not see it. I don't know. I'm not going to see it in theaters. I'm going to wait till it comes out. I'm I'll not going to see gonna... it on a Tuesday. When it's five dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what a weird day of the week. Okay. Matinee. <laughs> if you watch it on Tuesday, it doesn't count. <laughs> no, it's five dollar Tuesdays at AMC. Gotcha. And then or I could do like the eight dollar matinee. Like I probably wouldn't like uh-huh. I wouldn't do like a ten o'clock showing. No. Either like the five o'clock Thursday showing right after work or like yeah. Cause I'm going to be interested, but I don't care if that makes sense. I know, and they're cutting it close to, like, November. Like, that's about the time that I start exclusively watching Christmas movies. So <laughs> they're going to have to be busy. They're going to have to get it in before that. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, have a great two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and stay blessed. <gasps> yeah.